You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting as we turn our attention once again to the subject of education. Peg Maddox from Napa Learns joins us in studio today. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I, I always like suffering talking to from you. allergy here, so you yes, have a I deeper am. voice today, <laughs> more authority. <laughs> there you go. Tell us a little bit about Napa Learns of late. You just succeeded with this challenge grant. There's there's been good things happening, and and you're you're sort of realigning what it is your your goals and objectives are at the moment. We are, and it could be a fundamental shift for the organization. Um, we were founded, as you know, in 2010 to basically replicate New Tech High School across the valley. Um, Vintners gave us quite a bit of money and we raised money with other people. And for the past seven years, we've really been focusing on um, project-based learning in all the schools. Our investment model is to invest heavily with early adopters for three to five years and then the districts take over that uh, initiative and sustain it, which is happening with PBL right now. And so we decided to look at our new uh, focus areas and we uh, started watching our graduates from the PBL schools and other schools in the county and noticing that they graduated a 95% uh, rate from high school, which is great, it's going up even, and they go to college at a 60 to 70% rate depending on the high school, a lot of them to the community college, over 50% go to our community college. Um, and then when we did, the, we found these reports from the National Student Clearinghouse, and we found out that only 30 to 40 percent of those students that went to college were finishing, and the average time to finish is six years. And these reports show that they were they they track them every year. So they're in school, then they leave school, then they come back. They go from two year to four year, back to two year. So we wanted to understand what the cause of that. Um, failure rate basically because you're 60% of the kids who spent money on college don't don't finish and was it across the board with it well were the kids from certain high schools or certain environments what was the the common threads that you started to find in all of this well it was really interesting because as you know our board serves uh, all five school districts and the county office of ed and all of the high schools in in, in uh, Napa Valley St. Helena and Calistoga showed pretty much the same details. And the demographics didn't really matter, although kids who don't have money have a challenge and they end up going to the community college. But the one high school that did stand out successfully was New Tech High School, which is interesting. And so we looked at that and we found New Tech really, it's a small public high school, 400 kids, but they're able to give their students a lot of exposure to careers because real-world learning is so important to them. And they all do internships, and they all have to do um, projects related to industry and careers. So they have a better chance of knowing why they're going to college and what, what they want to major and when they go there. So the old idea of <clears throat> students going to college because they're going to get a, some kind of liberal arts degree and just sort of go forward with that, that really isn't flying in today's environment. It is not flying, and we're seeing a lot of the students that are in high school or even starting out at community college um, question why they're in college and why, what they're going to get out of it. Even at the community college. Yes, because the, you can only you can only transfer into a four-year college from the community college if you do a full schedule for two years on A to G type courses that will get you into those universities or Cal States. And are economics a factor that you have found in this? Yeah, we, we looked at, we did three, uh, we did research for a year, our board, 
on what was the problem. And we found three, three root causes. So one was math. So every student has to take a math placement test in a community college or the college of, the, of their choice. And um, about 90% of the students from Napa Valley were taking remedial math classes two years ago. And if you take, if you have to take three remedial classes with no credit, that's three semesters of a supposedly four-semester associate's degree, you're not going to get there. So you're going to give up. And so a lot of kids right. do give up. Um, luckily, we brought the college and the school districts together that year, and they discussed ways they can change the system. And the state was already changing the requirements. So that's the math problem is being solved at the college level. Do we understand why the math problem was so prevalent and so, so widespread in the district? Is this something indigenous to, to us, or is this a, a broader statewide problem? Okay. Actually, it's a national problem. So we're 35th out of all the countries in advanced countries in the world in math. Something fundamentally is wrong with math in the United States. And that is why, and I know a lot of people don't like the Common Core, but they don't, I don't think they really understand it. The Common Core movement started was to start in integrating critical thinking, problem solving, et cetera, uh, into math and science, but particularly math. We teach kids still the way you and I were taught. They see a problems on the board from the teacher. They do worksheets. They memorize. They take a test. And let's just take a figure. 50% of us, I'm one of them, can't learn that way. So we don't do well in math. I cried at high school algebra at night doing my homework. Nobody could help me with it. You see, so, that's for you. When, in my day, it was we counted dinosaurs. You know? <laughs> well, so that's because you're that much older than me. I, I just got that. Um, so... Uh, we looked at what the Common Core was, and the Common Core is teaching kids how to think. So now there's eight different ways you can show your work, which in our day it was the one way to show your work. Well, it turns out kids think differently, and the teachers have a new curriculum in Napa called Bridges, and it teaches inquiry-based math, and it's fantastic. And the kids are starting to learn. They're really learning deeper math and understanding it. But this is fourth graders, so they have to work their way up. Right. Um, to get through the system. So we're still living with this problem for five to eight more years. When you look at other countries that are doing better than we are, that are not, you know, 34th and above, what are they doing differently? Well, they were doing inquiry-based math. They, they were doing math thinking, math number sense, where you n really understand the concepts mm -hmm. of math. Um, and, and they basically uh, looked at what kind of math and what kind of thinking would be needed to be successful in careers in their countries. So STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, is huge in these countries because they know that that's the, the jobs of the future. Right now we have six million job openings in this country that can't be filled because there aren't skilled workers to do them, and most of them are in the computer, science, biomed, those areas. And math is at the core of those. Core of those. Also, math is at the core of many, many fields now. Um, Five million jobs require coding. What do we mean by coding? Could be as simple as building a web page. Every industry needs people like that. So math was an area we wanted to go after, and we did. Two years ago, we started our Accelerate Math program in uh, elementary school in Napa and Calistoga and Howell Mountain. And this is just to reteach teachers, retool them to teach math. And, and how are teachers responding to that? They love it, but because they know they're struggling, and they what we did was we the district helped us. We brought some teachers who wanted to participate in the program to a classroom where magic was happening. 
So you have a fourth grade teacher at an elementary school who hated to teach math because she didn't think she knew it very well, and she's transformed. And she engages her sec- her fourth graders for 40 minutes by having them thinking and discussing and writing on whiteboards. And so the teachers are willing to do the program, which means a lot of um, coaching and a lot of feedback and doing a video of yourself teaching three times so we can look at the, the video and say, here's a different way to ask those questions, for example. Um, and they're transforming. And they said th- some of them were near retirement, and now they're really fired up about teaching math. And they said, you know, our, we're all learning together. The, the, I'm learning with the kids because I never really knew math either. You know, one thing we forget, elementary teachers have to teach all the subjects themselves. How could they right. possibly be good at every subject? Right. And is this carried forward, this newer approach to teaching math? Is it something that's being carried forward into the middle schools and into the high schools? Right. So everybody's following the standards, the new Common Core standards, K-12. Um, the middle school is a little harder because you have kids that are you know, already what they're there and they've been learning a certain way. It's kind of like PBL. When we did project-based learning, mm-hmm. it was a big transformation for middle school teachers especially to put more onus on the kids to do the work. But they're getting there. Is it still the same requirements in terms of Algebra 1 and then Algebra 2 when they move on? Yes, but it's called Integrated Math 1, Integrated Math 2, and that's what we would have thought of as Algebra 1 and Geometry taught together. Mm-hmm. So we've another program, we have another program called the C-STEM program out of UC Davis where kids learn um, Algebra and Geometry and they learn coding and robotics all in one class. And it's fabulous because now they know, for example, why I need the algebra because I have to move this robot a certain distance. I need the geometry because he has to turn to a certain uh, angle. And uh, the kids that are in those classes are really motivated in learning. And a lot of those students are the mid students who are just bored and they don't know. They want to know, you know, we all ask, why do Mm -hmm. I need to learn algebra? So now they know. So these aren't necessarily your top math genius kids these are or the, you know some of them are too because those kids were bored too so it's kind of it's been an interesting program and talk yeah. a little bit about the coding part of it and how that fits into the the whole well basically if you can imagine um, these robots are um, round little they look like wheels and they roll and there's a big mat on the table for the kids say maybe it's a Mars landscape so they have to move they get a challenge they get a mission they have to move the robot from say one end to the other and they have to pick up things along the way with their scoopers and um, the the algebra part of it is the distance as I said before geometry is the um, turns they have to make mm-hmm. Now they have to translate that into C++ commands. So move robot five inches, turn 90 degrees. So they have to they have to translate that that they've mapped out, and they do this in teams because some kids are better at parts of this than others. Right. Uh, and then they have to code it with C++. And it's a, it's a very easy coding program that UC Davis has created that is C++, but it's a little easier version of it. And then um, the robot moves, and it never goes where you want it to go, and you have to do it over and over and over. So the kids right. are learning persistence. And if you hit a rock, then turn. <laughs> yeah, turn off, right? exactly. Right. And you know they're, they're learning that failure is not an option. It's required to be successful. They go to a competition every year at UC Davis. It's the first statewide championship that American Canyon High School won in any area. No sports, no theater, no music. It was robotics, and they came in first at the competition at UC Davis a few years ago. That's great. So we had 80 kids went last year. 
And what is the long-term goal in terms of coming back to Napa Learns? What, what is the long-term objective here? And, and what is the timeline for, for accomplishing what, what the current objectives are? Well, we're in the middle of uh, strategic planning. So we are, we have, we're working on the math problem. We see that. Mm-hmm. We're done with PBL. And now we go to the next level. Okay, what else can we ha- tackle? And we found out that um, basically career awareness is really lacking. Now, the Napa County Office of Ed, uh, their College and Career Re- Readiness Group, um, they work on this, but it's the budget is so low. It's all state funded. Um, so we want to help them with that. So in within five years, we want to have a fully developed K-12, probably K-14, working with the college, career awareness curriculum so that every student in every classroom gets some connection of what they're learning to some kind of career, particularly in Napa Valley. And mm-hmm. so we've already embarked on that that whole path. But the idea that we could create a pipeline for our own workforce, nope, nobody's doing that. So we want to be the ones to help with that. How is the local business community, or is the local business community, integrated into this? So we're just beginning. Uh, we started last year with um, an externship program for 20 teachers. I had never heard of externships, but our uh, partners in uh, NCOE told us about it. And the hospitality industry had gotten a grant for $9,000 to send teachers into the hotels and pay them to learn what the jobs are. So we, it was so successful that we're doing it again this year. And we have um, wineries, hospitals, and resorts. We have about uh, probably about 40 partners at this point, And 60 teachers have applied, K through 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, the industry partners are so excited about just bringing those teachers into their work places so they can start to create a communication with the schools because it's never really happened before except in the CTE area Mm -hmm. career tech education what you and I would have known as voc ed so industry is very excited in fact we talked to a couple of wineries and they're asking us at the end of the interview so are we in or are we not and we're like no you're in we're asking you so um, it's very very exciting so that will happen in June how much basic knowledge are you finding among kids in terms of career possibilities career options I mean, are they, are they all starting from zero? How, how much do they know? Pretty much nothing. You're right. It's, it's, and so th- the other part of this is, um, as I said earlier, the teachers in the regular classroom, they don't know a lot about careers either because they, most of them went right from college into the classroom. Unless you're married or have a partner or good friends in the industry, you, you really don't know what, what the jobs are here. And um, the, so therefore the kids don't. So um, we're working with NCOE on a comprehensive program, K-12, where kids will start to do career exploration right from kindergarten on in an organized curriculum. And we're looking at other models around the state that are doing this already. And um, we just host, co-hosted a career fair for eighth graders, for example, at the Expo. And all eighth graders in the county were there, 1,400 kids. And they had hands-on experiences. So, for example, Embassy Suites taught them how to fold the towels like they do into the <laughs> swans because they wanted to show the students, right. you know, what kinds of fun things they could be doing on the jobs there. It was, it was very successful. How much of this is cutting edge? How much of it reflects what you're seeing happen in, in other school districts and other places around the state? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, that's what Napa Learns really is all about. It's right. all about innovation. So um, we haven't, we're still building out the plan. It's going to take a while, but we do want to use technology whenever we can. So we'll be doing things like virtual field trips. So, for example, we're taking about 60 kids 
on three three different groups to the Lodi bottling plant for Trincaro Family Estates. It's the most modern bottling plant in the world. Hmm. And these are the robotics kits. So they'll know what they're looking at when they see all these robots. Um, but when, when we do this, we're going to film it and then r- create a virtual field trip so the other kids can actually see kids from Napa asking questions, mm-hmm. traveling through this plant, and then we'll be able to send the virtual field trip out to, to classes that want it. So we'll be doing things like that. We have, um, we'll be contracting a company called Nepris, mm-hmm. and Nepris is a com- company that has thousands of experts on the job people um, who can come into your classroom live and talk to the kids about their career and how they got there. So we'll be doing things like that. We'll definitely be using technology. Mm-hmm. And are some of these methods being used in, in, in other countries and other places? Talk a little bit about where they all come from, where they evolve from. Well, it's true, and I, and I don't know as much about this um, as I should, but um, there's, there's places all over the country where they're much more advanced around um, what, again, we would call voc ed, which is career ed. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Blue Valley in Kansas City um, has a great program where they've actually had industry built, build a building that's a satellite office for many of their industries, from biotech to wow. graphic design, TV, and um, engineering. And they're regu- the real companies, instead of trying to get the kids out to internships, which is really impossible, you have 1,400 kids in senior year. You're not going to get them all out into internships. Um, so they built this building where kids in junior and senior year come over during the day and either job shadow or actually do a real project in their senior year um, in that building. And that took a, it took a lot. It took them 10 years to build up that support. But that's one. And then there's another one, Cone Valley in Southern California, who have a K-8 curriculum for career awareness. Kids are exposed to 57 jobs by the time they graduate in eighth grade uh, through doing interest inventories, guest speakers, virtual field trips, which is where we saw that. Uh, and it's all supported by industry. So Qualcomm was one of the founders of that program. So that's a that's a big part. And for me, having come from industry, uh, getting our, our our industry involved in this as a K-12 pipeline for their workforce is really critical. And we really don't have any of that going on right now in Napa. Why not? I don't know. Uh, I think they need leadership. I think someone needs to drive it. I'm not sure that's really on the top of the list for the Board of Supervisors or the city councils, um, but you have to think about the future. So one, one statistic we found from Weston, who was one of our hosts last year, 70% of their employees live in Napa, and about 90% of their management worked their way up through the bottom jobs. We heard the other day Thomas Keller Group, uh, we were talking to them about doing this. Thomas Keller started as a dishwasher. George Altamira started in a factory. So kids need to understand that you can get that low-level low job, and with grit, and persistence and reliability. But, but haven't you, you heard that millennials today want to start out <laughs> <Right>. as CEOs? <laughs> it's their first job. That's, Isn't that true? That's right. <laughs> that is a problem we're going to have to challenge. Those kids are already out of school, so we're looking at the next generation. Yes. <laughs> what do we call the next generation? I don't know if it has a name. I know somebody mentioned a name the other day, but I don't really remember what it was. It, it is true that hopefully the next generation will be perhaps a little more humble in terms of what their expectations are. Well, I think that's part of the, the work we're doing. We have symposiums at American Canyon High School where people from, say, construction come and talk to the kids. And there's, you know, might be eight people, pipe fitters, uh, plumber, I mean, um, uh carpenters, you know, all mm-hmm. the trades, 
and they sit at this on the stage and they talk about how hard it was to get where they are but you know they're making six figures some of these people electricians and so it's good for the kids to hear that it isn't you don't just step into something you have to work your way up and so the things they're learning in school we call the four c's communication collaboration critical thinking creativity these are the things employers are looking for they want those things and so we hope through the externships for example their regular classroom teacher connect what they're learning around teamwork and collaboration and how it's important to the jobs that they may be getting in the future what is the nexus between collaboration and teamwork, those things that are so much a part of this and, and, and really being, you know, integrated into so much in schools these days, and sort of the social emotional learning that's also part of what we're seeing more and more of today? Well, I, I think those four skills, communication, et cetera, are really are highly related to social mm-hmm. emotional learning. Um, and th- th- it's something that we cared about back in the 70s. And kind of kind of went by the wayside, but um, it's the whole idea that uh, kids can learn patience and persistence, and learn about what their own learning styles are. Um, that I think the new math is exciting because kids get a, to spend a lot of time on problems that they didn't get to um, spend, and that allows them to not be so anxious and frustrated in school. So the under the underlying assumption in social emotional learning is I really understand myself and what mm-hmm. motivates me and uh, how to manage my emotions and find activities uh, and interests that really satisfy my own personal tastes. Mm-hmm. Beyond the money, because there's never enough of that, this is always a desire for more, what's the biggest challenge to, to the work that you and Napa Learns do? Bureaucracy. So the the frustrating part for not just us but for our school partners even with the NCOE because they have grants is you have to follow all these rules to implement something so one of the challenges for example is do we do a seven period day or a six period day do we have block schedules do we have you know for us sometimes as an Apollon's board we have a, we have superintendents on the board so not not them but for the rest of the board who come from business it's like come on it's a no-brainer just fix it but you have a school board you have rules you have the you know hours butts in the seats and all that kind of stuff so bureaucracy is probably we would like we we would like to move a lot faster than we do and it's in the and the hands are tied do you see that change mm-hmm. you never hmm. uh with a bold superintendent who has a board that trusts her and uses data to make decisions, yes. So our superintendent, Rosanna Musetti, the new one, she is believing in you know transparency, shared decision-making. She's bringing issues in front of all the principals, for example, as her you know, leadership team and helping them understand what they are supposed to do by law and what they don't have to do and helping get their support in changing policies, helping with the budget. So sometimes the bureaucracy is something that it's just what we've always done, so we're going to do it this way. Right. But you start questioning that, and she has done. She's done a lot of questioning. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Internships. Why can't we do get more kids in internships? Because we require them to do 60 hours. Why? I don't know. Oh, because that gives them three credits. Why do they need three credits? Maybe they do an internship for 10 hours. You know, these kind of things. That's us talking, mm-hmm. by the way, that Napa Learns right. asks those kind of questions all the time. So, And and as you look at the future, is something like K through 14 really going to become the norm at some point? 
Oh, absolutely. So another initiative we have is dual enrollment. So we don't, it's not that we don't believe in AP classes, but these days, just because your kid has passed the AP exam in English or whatever, or calculus, doesn't guarantee that that course is going to be accepted as credit for the Harvard University doesn't accept those anymore. So we believe in dual enrollment where kids take a class and it's college credit and high school credit at the same time. So one of the things we've offered is if a teacher wants to get a master's degree in math, because that's what you have to have to teach community college courses, we'll pay for half of it so that they can teach high school calculus and college calculus at the same time. That's a really big one. So we want to see more and more kids getting college credit while they're still in high school. And ultimately, an AA for some kids by the time they finish high school. You having fun doing this? I love this, yeah. yeah I'm supposed to be retired, but... Uh, this is great work. I love worth working with teachers and students and making a difference. And now working with the externships, I love working with, with industry in Napa Valley, too. It's going to be very exciting over the next few years. Peg Maddox, Napa Learns, I thank you so much for coming in. Thank you very much for my annual chat with you. There you go. Thank you. Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com.